What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Hello, hello. It is Friday night. It's 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and you are at your place, your place for the unfiltered experience with myself, Christopher Rausch, and oh, oh, where's Scott Goyette? Where's Scott? Scott Goyette, unfortunately, will not be with us here tonight. Scott is enjoying some family time on vacation, so we wish Scott all the very, very best. I know he might actually plug in here and say, hi, guys, what's going on? But I know he was in a plane a little bit ago. So we love you, Scott. It's not the same being here without you, but here is the Unfiltered Experience, and we carry on every single Friday uh, with you guys, uh, either here uh, on our own or with amazing guests designed to move your perspectives, shift your beliefs so you can move forward in your life and have amazing unfiltered conversations and experiences yourself. So with that, I am Christopher Roush. I am your no excuses coach. And I love doing this every single week, whether it's the Ron Unscripted show I do on Tuesday nights or this show, the unfiltered experience on Friday nights or the rainbows and real life show I do now once a month with Pamela Aubrey. And also I'm doing another show with Lynn Serrano. It's a pop-up show and we just do that every once in a while. So why do I do all this? because I love to take my experiences. I love to take the experiences of the people that I work with, the clubhouse rooms that I'm in. I love to come here and share that information with you because together we grow as one. We grow together. We grow and we learn from one another. We're able to share our experiences with one another and truthfully, in a world that is, uh, to me, sometimes going crazy, uh, if you haven't been living under a rock, you know that there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world today. So more now than ever, my intention, my mission is to be the bridge to help all of us understand one another and to be the light in some dark times and really bring forth the opportunity for us to shift our perspectives and really ultimately get out of the state of being angry and hurting people because we know hurt people hurt people. And there's a lot of that stuff going on right now. So my pledge and my intention every single day is to, is to make the world a better place for who I am, what I do, what I say, and to leave uh, a world that our kids and our kids' kids can look back and thank us for, not blame us for. So that's what we're going to be doing uh, tonight in this show as well. We got Brenda in the house. What's up, Brenda Bale? She says, hi, buddy. Happy Friday. Hi, Brenda. Thank you so much for being here live with us, calling in from Havasu. I believe, I believe you're still in Havasu. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A gorgeous, gorgeous Western uh, weather we're having over here. I feel bad for my East Coast people. Um, so we got uh, Jamie, Le Jamie Lane in the house. Jamie, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. We even got this guy, Lauren Harris in the house. He says, good evening, beautiful people. Good evening, Lauren. It's nice to have you with us. I appreciate you for being here live with us on the show. Uh, so without any further ado, um, the, the purpose of tonight's uh, conversation is to really talk about um, like I titled the show, the power of we, and like I was just, you know, uh, prefacing here in the, in the, in the intro comments is the fact that there is a lot of power in the fact that when we collaborate together on a mission to make a change in the world, that we together can actually make that impact. And my guest tonight has had a phenomenal journey in life. He's had the lowest of lows and the highest of highs. And what he has done most importantly is he's taking his passion and he's putting that into the youth of America and really taking the situations and the experiences that we've had as adults and gaining uh, amazing speakers together and amazing uh, thought provokers to an event that we're going to be talking about a little bit later in the broadcast. But please help me in welcoming Mr. Lauren Michaels Harris to the Unfiltered Experience. Wow. What's up, Lauren? How you doing, brother? Get with the program. What's up? I mean, I thought there was going to be like dun, 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 one of those five, four, three. No. Lauren, you are on the unfiltered experience, baby. We don't roll yeah, like that. It's just... I was just looking at my phone. Yeah. What are you, you looking know? at in your phone? But hey, let me see. I'm Put your phone up to the screen. Put your phone up to the screen. You looking at TikTok? What you looking at? No, I'm watching your, your show. You're watching my show? Well, so oh. I can like see the, uh, the, I can't see the comments backstage here. 
Oh. So I see it on here so I can follow along. Come on now. Well, here's what I do. I make it real easy for both of us. I'll just sit here every once in a while when somebody's got something going on, I'll bring it up here. I'm like, so Jamie, Jamie Lane, that is so crazy because there's a Jamie Lane that sang for the band Warrant. So when I see that, it kind of trips me out. Um, I'm saying hello, Lauren Michaels Harris. We got Robert in the house saying I'm no, here Robert just barely. Parker. We appreciate you being here, Robert. So how are you doing, Mr. Lauren Michaels Harris? Come Calling in from uh, Naperville, Chicago, I believe. Yeah. Naperville, I am. I see. I love this. Um, yeah, I'm good. It's uh, cold, but uh, warm inside. So I'm gonna just put this here so I can watch. And I have my wine. Ooh, you have your wine. Yeah, well, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still on my wagon. So I'm on my wagon until my birthday. My birthday is the 26th of this month. So cheers. I'm still having uh, water. Usually on Friday nights with the show, we have a couple of drinks. But uh, I like the, I like my sobriety days. It's good. I have a lot of more energy and a lot more clarity. And well, how uh, nice for you. Okay. Yes, yes, but it's been one heck of a week. So, yeah, <laughs> ring that bell, baby. Ring that bell, man. I just thank you for being here. And for those of you guys that don't know, here's the, here's the crazy thing, ladies and gentlemen out there in video land and audio land. Uh, Lauren, crazy enough, we found out through our relationship here that we're building and our partnership is the fact that he lives in a town in Chicago that my wife's family is directly from and lives in to this day. So it's crazy. When you said you were in Naperville and I'm like, Oh my God, I don't have anybody who knows who Naperville is. And there you are right in the same city. That's, that's amazing. Naperville is a cool little town. It is. It is. It's cool. Your wife must be a great person because we love our town. Yeah, it's great. My actually, my mother-in-law used to work at Naper Settlement. She was one of the uh, the greeters there and would take everybody through there. So she worked there. But I intend on seeing you April twenty eighth. But we'll talk about April twenty eighth here in a second. Yeah. I want I want everybody here for the for the for the for the journey of of your life that you have been on. I would like for you to share um, a little bit about who Lauren Michaels Harris is, was, and um, let's jump off that point and let's. Uh, I got some questions for you, but I'd really love you to share your story and impact some souls tonight with the journey that you've been on. Sure. Um, well, he wasn't he wasn't Lauren for the first eleven years. He was Larry. So um, yeah, I was I was a kid known as Larry Dixon, D I X O N uh, for the, Larry Dixon. Yeah, Larry Lee Dixon. That's who I was, and um, I lived in a little town in Michigan, and uh, Niles, Michigan, to be exact. And I had a family who I actually looked like them. It was very, it's uncanny. Um, I look more like them than pretty much everybody in my biological family, actually. Um, and, but I didn't know, I didn't, you know, I didn't know that I wasn't a member of that family. I had no reason to know. And they didn't tell me, but then afterwards, you know, oh, well, well my, I'm getting a little ahead. My birth mother, not my birth mother, I'm sorry. My adoptive mother, uh, suddenly passed away when I was 11. And, uh, then it all came out, of course, you know, cause the, the, um, courts and stuff stepped in probably within the week after I think we had the funeral within that next week, um, they came and got me. So, but I didn't, you know, it was just so quick, <clears throat> you know, you're still grieving and, uh, cause she wasn't sick or anything. She's had a major stroke. Um, after we came from the grocery store shopping one night, Wednesday night, and um, that was it. So, uh, so at 11 years old, you lost your biological mother. No, I lost my adoptive mother. Oh, oh okay. I didn't even know that I I'd been there since I was a week old. That's okay. Me. Gotcha. So I, I didn't know any different. I didn't know any different. And then I'm like, what are they talking about? What is this white lady talking about? And nobody would look at me and my family. They were all turning away. And, 
And so anyway, I, I had no choice. I did leave with her and entered the system. And, um, and a good thing, you know, sometimes I think it was a blessing that uh, it was so soon after burying my mom because I was still kind of numb from that. So it was, I didn't have any energy. I was all cried out. I just, you know, I, it, I was shocked and stuff, but I didn't have any place. I, I don't think I could have dipped any further down um, than I was. So that was actually in a weird kind of way, probably a good thing. Um, but, you know, and I was in a Seventh-day Adventist family. So I don't know if any of you ever heard or know anything about that, but Not very really. religion. Yeah. Go to church on Saturday and, you, you know, vegetarians mainly and, you just all these different rules that uh, people always uh, get us confused with what is it jehovah's witness and uh um all those you know those really strict ones so Mormonism, oh. that sort of stuff so it's gotcha. kind of like that so anyway um so i had you know grown up in that world you don't watch television on you know you don't do anything from friday sundown to friday to saturday sundown you don't wear jewelry. You know, just all these things. You don't play cards. You don't read comics. You do all these rules. You don't eat black pepper. Just all these, I mean, hundreds. Just, that didn't make any sense. But you're like, oh my God, I'm going to burn in hell. So I was very, so suddenly I'm, I say all that because, you know, it kind of helps for the front story. Uh, you know, I leave there and I go to a foster home where, first of all, they're white people. I've never lived with white people. Um, wow. You know, and, and I'll just say, I'll never forget this. When we got there, these are the things that, how silly, this is a kid's mind, the things that stick out in my mind. The first thing that I, I knew I was going to hate this place because we had a really, I, I mean, it was for me, it was, I loved our house. It was all I knew, but we had a big yard and it was clean and it was this and it was that. You know how your house has its own smell. Well, as soon as we got there, they had a, a big dog chained to a tree and it had, there was no grass where it was always running in that circle oh, poop and crap everywhere and a car up on blocks. And as soon as we walked in, it smelled like fried food, you know, like fried potatoes or pork chops or just that <laughs> smell. Yep. And, you know, and it was like shag carpeting because this is 1976. And it just was, I was like, oh my God, no, what's happening? And anyway, and that, and it went from bad to worse because that was the first, that very first night in foster care, uh, there was a predator in that, in that house in the way of the father there. And yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. What about your biological father? So, so, so you, you were, uh, you were placed for adoption when you were, when you were young. Um, and then your, your, your adopted mother passed away. What about your adopted father? Was he in the picture or your biological no father? father? And I wasn't even really adopted. This, that's the story. You must not have seen my gold cast video. It kind well, of, I, I personally know your story, but I'm just trying to paint it out oh, here for well, people who, well, who haven't, who don't know you. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know your story backwards oh, and forwards. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So my mom, my two moms, my birth mom, um, Lucille, who I really refer to as my Eve because she bore me. Uh, she was a single mother um, from who had migrated to Michigan from Arkansas um, with some other women. I think there were three or four of them. And they all were like, they all had kids and they all were getting away from bad relationships or whatever. My dad, my biological father, um, actually, um, the reason my mom had left him, she found out he was simultaneously married to several women or that was the story 
Wow. Um, I was a road truck driver. Yeah, I was his 19th kid, so Papa was a Rolling Stone. Damn. What's, right. his yeah. What's his name? What's his name? Uh, who's that fool that's out here having kids uh, all the time? Fucking... What's his name? Uh, homeboy. Kevin Hart just bought him a, a machine full of condoms. Uh, oh. Fucking Mariah Carey's ex-husband. Nick Cannon. Jesus. Oh, Nick. Does Nick have kids? Yeah. But 19 kids? You were the 19th kid? I was the 19th kid. And the crazy part is he always convinced the women. This is what his wife told me when I spoke to her on the phone when he was dying. Um, he wanted to meet me, but um, it was too late. And so he, uh, she said, yeah, and all 19 of you have names that rhyme. So Sherry, <laughs> Mary, Terry, Carrie, Perry, Larry. Yeah, every, I bet there was even a dairy. I don't know, but yeah. I was like, well, dang, I'm lucky I ended up with Larry after 19 of them. What's left? Sherry. Uh, you know, so. Uh, yeah. So anyway, and it wasn't really like I was supposed to be adopted. That was a deal to take care of me temporarily. And I guess, you know, my adopted mom, you know, didn't expect to get so attached and she did. And they just kind of like kept me and, um, my birth mom later, you know, I met her when I was 32 for the second time. And she told me, um, on her deathbed, she didn't even all the 20 years that I knew her. Uh, she never even showed me this letter, but she did show me a letter before she died and said she didn't know if she would ever tell me, but she felt I had a right to know. And as soon as I looked at the letter, I recognized the handwriting as my adoptive mom's. I had um, forged it enough on parent-teacher conference slips. And so, so uh, and it had said in there, you know, I'm sorry I disappeared. Um, I didn't know how to tell you, but the baby died. So but my mom, Lucille, my birth mom, that's in the gold case. That's one of my favorite parts of that video. Um I'll never forget. And I, she says, well, you know, I'll tell you one great thing you've done by finding me today. Um, she goes, I know now for a fact that when my time comes, whenever that may be, I will definitely die a happy woman because I now know what happened with you. And she, she was very, yeah. I mean, I said, well, how did you, if you got this letter, how did you not believe that I was dead? Cause she always said, I knew you were, you would come. I knew that you would find me. And, and I said, well, how did you not know that I was dead? Like they said, she goes, oh, no, you and I were once one person. And she did like pregnant women. She put her hand on her stomach. And um, that's in the Goldcast video. They show that naked black woman laying on that table pregnant. Mm -hmm. And she touches her stomach. And that video actually really did something. Because I had never seen myself or a picture or pictured myself inside someone's womb. Right. Like pregnant you know, because I just didn't because there weren't pictures. There were no baby pictures of me. There were I said that you could lay five pictures of little black babies or even little black boys. I mean, I think I rem I would know myself at five, but anything younger than that, I don't think I've ever seen a picture of myself any younger than five. And then I would only see those pictures like from kindergarten, first grade and second grade briefly, like bringing them home from school in the little envelope with the yep. window. Mm -hmm. the you cut. Yeah, I'd I still have them. them. Yeah. And then they the whole caboodle of them would disappear because they wouldn't even cut them. There are people in my family right now in that family who and they still won't let me have them. What? Oh, no, they still when this career broke for me, Steve Olsher uh, did a thing on me and was on tour and wanted some. Uh, he opened his show with my story and wanted some young kid pictures of me. And I realized I didn't have any. 
and that I'd never really seen any except for school pictures. So they have literal, because I have nieces that go to their parents' houses and will sneak in a room wherever they keep their, their photo albums and take pictures of me so that I will have them. And there's whole sheets, all the pictures that are still connected, like inside of photo albums. And I'm like, why wouldn't they give me one all these years still? So anyway, just weirdness. Wow. That's unbelievable. Do you have any idea why they would do that? Because, you know, secrets. They're still in that mindset of keeping those family secrets. You know. Um, Jesus. Mm. <laughs> That's a you long know, time ago. That with pictures, imagine the secrets they keep with stories. Or And oh. I, when I say they, I mean people. You know, this is, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. Um, 18 others. Oh, do you know them all? I mean, in, do you in, know them all? I, no, no, I don't know any of them. Oh, geez, I don't know any of them. You know, I kind of wanted to go and uh, and find out more about my biological dad. He left a trunk for me with stuff in it from his army days and stuff, but I didn't go because you know I was actually a product of rape. Um, I found out later mm. from one of my siblings, the oldest brother, uh, who was awake the night it happened, and helped clean her up and stuff uh blood lip and broken stuff and he mm. said he uh he actually flew back in after we had the big weekend where everybody came to meet me he came back like three weeks later and secreted uh himself in and said don't tell anybody i came and he met me and then he told me the story about that night and he goes yeah and that happened and i helped her clean up the room and everything and then nine months later you came um because there's two wow. siblings there's two siblings above me from her next husband, not my oldest two siblings. And I have the same father. So he kind of came back in, you know, and the, that husband had died, that second guy. Um, so there was no way I was his. And plus we looked totally different. I looked like the older two. Right. And so anyway, <clears throat> that was all of it. So, you know, so, okay, great. Throw that one, throw that, throw another um, shrimp on the Barbie. You know, oh, rape, no problem, you know, but it's, it's, I feel like this, to be honest with you, it's not, nothing is ever about how you start, mm. always about how you finish, you know, so, um, and, and look, the, I, I can't complain, the very first time I, I decided to remove the shame from my existence, or at least try to by breaking my silence, I told my story in St. Joseph, Michigan. Um, at a high school um, with some other other storytellers that night at Listen to Your Mother and auditioned for it and did the thing. And and that is, um, I didn't even have a YouTube channel. And someone said, well, you don't want to lose that. Or if your computer crashes or something, you should just start a YouTube channel, excuse me, and just put that video up there and keep it safe. And that's what I did. It was the only thing up there for like a year and a half, maybe two years. And then Goldcast found it. Just they, I guess they have people that just go around and peek around and people's stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and this time they came across my dusty, empty little YouTube channel, no subscribers. Not, it wasn't for that. I didn't have a picture. Uh, I didn't have a banner or nothing. I just had that one little video. And they found it and produced it. But I didn't know who they were. And I had started this career. I was actually, I was in the middle of building out the very first Power We Symposium. Wow, no way. Yeah, and I thought they were trying to sell me something. And I, they kept sending me for a month and a half, they kept sending me uh, uh, email after email. I was like, 
gold cast. I'm not kiss my ass. I ain't trying to. <laughs> what do you want but from me? What do you want to sell me? Right. I didn't even open them to wow. see what they wanted. And then we were sitting watching television on a Friday night, just like this. The one right before Mother's Day, because they wanted to use my piece for Mother's Day. And they'd never had a Mother's Day gold cast video, they said. So the kid, Kevin, that they had in charge of um, getting me and finding me and locking me down, getting me to sign off. Because for they had already produced it. No way. Yeah, so they, they, they were just waiting for you to approve it. They said, we want it so bad. They produced it. All they needed now was my permission to, to put it out. And so they went, somebody went on Instagram from their staff and blew up that banner. You can't see it. I'll turn that banner. They blew that banner up. Whoa. And my phone number is down there at the bottom. And I was watching a movie with my husband, Brian, and the, it said Canada. And I was like, ooh, well, I just gotten hired by the by the government, the parliament uh, to come to Canada to speak. And, oh, wow. Right. And so I was like, ooh, it's probably them about my speaking thing. So I answered it and it was Goldcast. And they were like, Lauren, did you, why aren't you answering our, our uh, emails? We just sent you two tonight. And I was like, who are you? And they, so anyway, I go to it in the subject line and the one for like an hour before it said, Lauren Michaels Harris, are you literally crazy? That's what it said. <laughs> You're like, hell yeah, I am. Well, I didn't know. And they said, we're gold cats. We take people viral. Bomb, bomb, bomb. If you were to pay us to do what we're willing to do for you for free, it would cost about $300,000. And and, I was Whoa. Like, and they said, will you at least look at the video? And if you like the way we've shared your story, please give us permission to to uh, uh, release it on Mother's Day, day after tomorrow. And I did. And I, it was just the craziest thing. And I'll never forget what is greater than, which is what I refer to for what I believe is greater than. Um, they, I'll never forget that Saturday night before it came out. They said, okay. Now, this is very important. As long as that video keeps changing, the numbers keeps changing, we want you to understand you're underneath like a geodosic dome, a bubble, if you will, a bubble of purpose where everything is working with you. As long as those numbers, you've got special, special forces, you've got um, special, uh, um, you know, like um, superpowers and things available because they were like really tricking me into believing something that I don't even remember not believing now, but right. I did at one point, apparently I didn't believe it. And, and it said, this is, this is the key. Don't pay any attention. Don't put any, any, don't, don't get caught up in the numbers that you're going to see on this video to the left. And that's the actual views. It said, pay attention. What matters are the numbers on the right, the emojis, the comments, and the shares, because those are secondary reactions. Those are things that people did not have to do. Right. Um, views means somebody ran across your property. Doesn't even mean that they know who lives there. And it doesn't mean their feet are pointed towards your door. So they, you might not even matter. In other words, somebody just doing this. So that's a very important piece because January 1st, I got the certificate from Goldcast uh, where, you know, the Lost or Found video was certified at 40 million views. And the thing 40 about that, million. Mm -hmm. And, you wow. know, the thing is, 
it's you it's really me then i go oh wow but then i go right over here to the 900 and some thousand comments and how when i'm down or what back when you know i was wondering how am i going to do this do i know i don't know what i'm doing what's going to happen am i going to be working at burger king next week because i wanted to quit many times because i was like i'm not making any money da 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 and you know i i really i really could just feel that it was something bigger than anything I'd ever experienced. Let's put mm. it that way. And okay. so when I'm even today, if something's not feeling right in my world, I can go to that GoCast video and just sit and read comments until I am not in that space anymore. It just what people say makes whatever it was that had me feeling shitty seem so stupid, mm -hmm. so fast that I'm like, Pfft. And I get and I and there's so many comments there. I could live five or six lifetimes and not even get through them all. And so that kind of taught me about gratitude. You know, just like I could sit there and read, read, read those comments and never run out of reasons to be grateful um, for what I was just bitching about. I can do that. I can sit in one spot. My birth mother told me that Lucille, like the first week. Um, I was depressed because I was getting a lot of pushback from my adoptive family. Why did you go find them? Well, if you call us, pretend like just let's just be when you're talking to us, let's can we just pretend those people don't exist? So in other words, a gag order. Don't tell us anything about them. Um, well, they're lying to you. We rescued you from the garbage. I actually had a family member say those exact words to me. Rescued um, you from the garbage. We rescued you from the garbage. That is what she said to me. What the actual and fuck? She said that. She really did. They were just, but you know, they were just, they were so afraid that I was going to find out the secret. They were, I think they were afraid that what I was going to think of our mother who raised me until she died because she was not a bad person, but she still did what she did. I mean, she, I mean, I, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough uh, cookie. It's a tough cookie. Um, what, what would you say, staying on that point for just a second, what would you say to somebody right now who is experiencing that for themselves, whether they're the, whether they're the parent or the child or, or, or somebody who's been broken by something that's happened in those, those, those ways, what would you say to that person to help them process it now that you're on the other side of it? Oh, first thing I would say is I have a meme on my Instagram that I had done that speaks to this. I just know, I know this to be true. The, um, especially because as children, we're innocent, we're innocent beings. Mm -hmm. And when something, when all of this comes to a kid, uh, I believe the earlier, the pain moment, the deeper, the pain that, which means the earlier, um, you know, the younger, the person, the louder your voice in this world is, you know, you have a, you have a volume knob that can be turned so high, um, that your voice can be heard around the world. And um, I was told that um, when it, it, I was told that, you know, don't worry, the day will come. There will be a place where everything will come together. There will be that day where it all begins to make sense. And I know I just like as if it were yesterday. I remember that first night when um, the boys, I have a necklace. I don't have it on, but it's upstairs um, that I had commissioned for the three little boys who were in that foster home with the fried food and the dog with <laughs> around the that that first one where that happened because 
they actually came in the room when we got locked in there at eight every night and they um came over and made me i was on my stomach crying and stuff and all this and i didn't want to have my little transistor radio and i didn't want to talk to you leave me alone and they said listen new kid you don't have to like us but we need to tell you some things and i turned over and adam he was uh, um the youngest um about four four years old and, and you're how old at this point i'm 11. Okay. i was the oldest of the four of us in that room and there was a nine-year-old uh, like a seven-year-old and then, and then the four-year-old and the four-year-old was the spokesman. And he, was, he was like a little <laughs> old troll. I'm not kidding. He was too. I could just kill you. He was just a little, I mean it. He, yeah, he was, uh, but I figured I learned later why he, he was so weathered and, and seasoned like an old soul because he was born in prison and handed directly. He had never been free. No, never been in a home like all of us had been in regular homes once upon a time. Right, for the most part, even if they were bad homes, he, they were homes. But he had never been in one. He'd wow, been in it's heartbreaking. Home. After the womb, he's he'd never been out, and he was already just calloused. And you know, I mean, they actually took him from that house at four because he pulled a butter knife on the on the father mother. Yeah, when he said, I could just kill you, he meant it. Um, So, but that's because he'd been so hurt. You have no idea. I mean it. He, I mean, I I saw kids. I'll never forget the wolf boy. Um, The wolf boy? I've never told anybody this on the air. The wolf boy, okay. Wolf boy. He was, it was a, a, his name was Horatio. And he was in this, we were in, I was in a foster home, not the same one that I was talking about, but I was in a foster home where they kept him. He was in a, a metal crib that was way up high, not a crib down like you see in a regular nursery, but it was big and it was, it was up high. Like when we walked in, we, it was like looking at a wrestling ring, right? And he had a helmet on and he would go around the sides and like, and he was maybe two and a half years old then. And he had, um, calluses like on the bottom of a foot on his hands they said that they could tell by the calluses on his knees and his hands that he had been on the street surviving on his own since he was 10 months old and when they what a year and a half old when they found him on the streets of chicago he had been on the streets since he was 10 months old crawling around his little teeth that grew in were all broken and stuff. And he was, he couldn't talk. He was like, ah, ah, and he'd go around and hold on to the, like an animal. And wow. So these back to the other kid. Yeah. So they, um, there uh, so many kids who, whose stories, I'll tell you this, you know, I can go back in my mind to, abuse and beatings and being burned with cigarettes all kind of sit on the hot sidewalk and they make you know all the things that they did to people and nothing hurts me or makes my eyes water as quickly as the stories hearing in my mind what their faces as they would like tell you guess what happened to me or you know oh and um so so anyway the boys they said well listen you see because there are a bunch of bunk beds in that room and they said you see that 
there's a mattress against the wall, just leaned up against it. They said, that mattress, look around. Does anything look strange? And I was like, they said, that mattress. And they said, why is it against there? Every bed in here has one. And I said, oh, yeah. And they go, because that mattress is covering up a hole in the wall. Oh. To a closet in another room, which is, uh, it has a locked door. And then there's a bedroom in there and it has a locked door. So there's two locked doors, but one man has the key to both of them. And tonight, because you're the new kid, he's going to use both of those keys and he's going to come through both of those doors. He's going to crawl through that hole behind that mattress. And when he comes in here tonight, he's going to be coming for you. So here's what you need to know. Number one, don't pretend like you're sleeping. That'll piss him off. Number two, don't cry. Don't make any noise. And this kid's telling you this. Yeah. The, yeah. The little one. And, oh my God, Lauren. And I'm laying there and I'm like, told me this one. And I didn't even know what they were talking about at first. Cause I came from a really protected home. I went to a parochial school, um, you know, all these things. And, and I remember, I knew enough not to turn my back on that wall. I faced over there, but I was kind of, I had a plastic bag because at the last second before I left with that caseworker, I ran back in the house to my mom's bed bedroom and went into her bathroom and looked for something of hers to take. And I saw her hand towel because I had this routine. Every time I would go in her bathroom, she'd stand in my bathroom. You always pee on the seat, you know, you, right? Because you know how little boys will do, do right? And, oh, I know. Um, but I went there because her hand towel smelled like triple lanolin lotion, which is the lotion she used. And it was the most beautiful smell ever. Mm. And I grabbed it and smelled it. It was like she was with me. So I threw it in my bag and I took it with me. So I was laying there and smelling that um, towel in that bag and watching that mattress. And I was fighting sleepiness um, because something told me they're just lying that's not, and everybody, you could hear them in there snoring in there. They didn't want to sleep like nothing. And then I saw mm. the hand, just this part. I'll never forget. The hand came around and the fingers came around. And it was like something like took my breath and just cut it off. And that's when what is greater than just took me and put me inside some protective cocoon and took me to a place where it would take me every time something that was too much for that kid, for that version. And you know, it wasn't until recently last year when I did my master class and I finished it and I watched it by myself when it, when it came back rendered. Um, and I, I had a, a connection. I got, I went back to the bed that I was sitting on that night that that happened. Um, and that kid was still sitting there just the way I'd left him, the way he'd been all the years over the decades. Mm -hmm. But after the master class, I was able to, because it was like, this is your life kind of thing. And I was sitting there with him and I said, um, and he was, he was watching me sit in the chair, like this very chair, watching that monitor. Um, watching the master class, but he was, we were on the bed watching it together and just sitting there quiet. And he said, he turned when it was all said and done, the master, he turned to me, took my hands and he goes, wow, thank you for coming back here 
and showing me why it was so important that we lived what we lived. And then he just like soul hugged me. It's the only thing I can, because it was in a body, but it felt like bigger than a body. And we became one again. And he said, now go back there and finish what we've started. And I found out, my husband's a therapist, that that's a real thing. And I'm still in therapy. With the, I have an appointment Monday at the VA. And um, he, my therapist there even told me, yeah, that's a real thing where people that have been severely traumatized can come back to that, that inner child mm -hmm. and together. And boy, it was just really remarkable. So, you know, when you, when you see, you know, nothing is ever about just one thing. And when you, you, when you really get to that point within your journey, where it all does come together, where it all makes sense, you know, where you can bless everything that's ever happened to you. And you know why I can? You know why I can bless and reinvent? Tell us. Well, Steve Osher, one of the first shows I was ever on, uh, Reinvention Radio, and I had to come up with a topic, so I was like reinventing blame, which became a speech topic for me later. But it was, and I blame the foster system uh, because they gave me that voice that got me uh, recruited to testify before Congress a few years ago about the ludicrousy of having trash bags still in the system. Kids should not still be moving. Oh, instead of luggage. Yeah. It's crazy. How can oh. that be 40 some years after I was handed one? Kids are still be handed. Here, take this. How can a kid ever be already has a shitty life? Why should you hand them something that says you're garbage? Yeah, that's fucking mind blowing, dude. And, and that's... That's what they, here, take this trash bag like it's nothing. So, you know, um, The thing is, the thing is, you learn about your scars. Not, not a shameless plug, but here it comes in three, two, one. Shameless plug. So but I, living beyond our scars, that's a big deal for me. Because, you know, I, I hid for decades. I hated myself. You know why this stuff like this is so important to me now. It's not the pictures. It's really the stuff that you get on the inside when you're on a cover. But because, do you know, just six years ago, if you go back on social media six years ago, before I started doing this, when I was just a regular person on an event plan, I didn't have any website. I didn't have any on Facebook. It was just the silhouette guy. I never put a picture in there. No one had pictures of me unless I was doing this. Um, I'd washed my face and shaved and brushed my teeth for 26 years in the shower, never in the mirror and never even knew, knew that I wasn't doing it because it was convenient. I was doing it because I didn't want to look at what was looking back at me. Wow. And I didn't even know that until one day I accidentally caught myself in the mirror. Um, and I thought it was another person in the house. It scared me. I thought it was someone in the room and I was like, <gasps> because I had not looked at myself in that long. How is that possible? Dude, that's done. crazy. I had done it. I had done it. And so now to see myself like on these covers and stuff, you know, the door that you think is the hardest, that, that, that nut that you, that you feel is the hardest to crack that thing. You, I can never forgive it though. Anything that makes you want to say, never take a good close look at it. Because that is most likely the door to your legacy, the door Amen. to your purpose, the door that's going to make it all bust open and make sense. Um, and listen to people 
who used the things, you know, Roseanne Barr used all the things that she was bullied about to become Roseanne the star, uh, you yep. know, um, Jimmy Durante, everything that he got bullied about, the nosy stuff, he used it, you know, um, so many people, Rodney Dangerfield, you know, anybody, people that, that grasp and, and really um, embrace those things, those scars, those things that they, that the people have used to try to knock you down, take you every place you were designed to go in this world. And that's what happened. And so that's why today my, my message of purpose is, is helping people um, honor their scars because every scar has a voice. It is the, it's, it's the voice of the story that came with it. You know, I can tell you, I was nine years old when I cut this finger, trying to sneak in the house through some new sash windows uh, to scare my adopted mom while she was watching Young uh, um, As the World Turns after school every day. Or no, it was the edge of night. <laughs> you know, oh my God, I forgot about yeah, that. And I forgot to put a chair there and I was so short. You know, I just dropped and my finger got in between the, the thing and it cut it and broke it. So, but I can tell you the whole story how I ran out past her, spraying blood everywhere, just flew past her down the middle of the street screaming, give me a Band-Aid, somebody give me a Band-Aid. And some people threw me in a car and rushed me to the emergency room. My mom was running down the street trying to get me. Right. Um, so we had to go back home and get the car and go. So anyway, but that's the story. See, I looked at that scar and out came the story. So if you look at the ones that you can see and you find the story, you name them. This is... This is the new sash window. This was to scare mom, you know, and I, and I tell the story and I'm like, wow. Then I learn and I become, not, there, it's not a monster under the bed anymore, the scar. It's not scary. So now I start working my way to the scars that I cannot see. Right. Giving them names and giving them voices and giving them permission to speak where I cannot speak. Let your scars speak for you. You know, um, it's just like decision making now when I when the human me can't make the decision I need to to banish something that isn't serving me. Mm -hmm. I call I push the button underneath my desk and I call my my soul up security. <laughs> um, excuse me, thing not serving me anymore. I'm going to need that passport back. Oh, I love it. Oh, you're not going to give it to me, huh? Oh, we'll see about that security. And then my soul comes up. Does everything it taught me to do. It thanks that thing that isn't serving me. Thank you for, for getting Lauren to where he needed to be. Um, now go and do it for someone else. But you, your, your services are no longer needed here. Love it. So go on now. Go on. And it goes. And my soul, you know, because my soul can make decisions because it knows where we're headed. It is, mm -hmm. it's, it's our cold journey. It's a cold yep. journey. So, you know. I tell people all the time, and I know they don't believe me half the time, but I do mean it. First of all, I've always told what is greater than me that every day I want to be able to sit someplace and look and see just one thing and say, look at that sunset. You know what? If you can just guarantee me that I'll be able to see something as beautiful as that um, for five minutes longer at the end, back end of this journey. I'd go back and live all that stuff up to this point over, all over again, because life is that wonderful. And people, mm. how can you say that? Well, you can, because number one, the minute you say something, think something, utter something, and, and, and you mean it, 
it instantly becomes meaningful somewhere in the universe instantly true and that's why you have to be you have to mean things you to manifest you must mean them mm -hmm. um, and so you know it's really interesting and, and and especially nowadays with so much going on in all of our lives that we don't have control over that i believe you know it's time for people to step into their divine purpose and 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 honor their scars and really take the courage that comes with it to to now unwrap it unwrap the gift and 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 be willing to give it to the world and say you know because here's why all those things that happened to me I I bless them all. I really do. Why? Because everything, every liar that lied on me, every person that bullied me, every abuser that that um, did whatever they did to me, whatever atrocity, um, I bless them all because every one of them had a hand in leading me to you. They did. Amen. They did Amen. You, you know. So how wonderful is this? What do I have to bitch about when you look at it like that? Nothing gratitude man i mean that's one of the most important aspects of life yeah. dude thank you so much for sharing that uh i got my got one of my mentors in the house patricia says lauren i totally love your mind um bam 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 she also says it up here patricia says i love this so much um patricia is one of my main mentors in my life she's been an amazing force so thank you patricia for saying that yeah, and for being you. here definitely definitely um uh ellie says here interesting advice ellie is from the uk so thank you for joining us uh, uh ellie we appreciate that um, you know, one thing I want to do is I want to shift gears here for a minute. I can't believe we've already been talking for 45 minutes. You and I um, always can have an easy conversation. But the definitely one thing I want to I want to shift gears for is to talk about how I, I brought on the show and talking about the power of we oh. and everything that you have shared in this this experience already. I definitely want you did a perfect job because I want people to see this. I'm going to show a little bit of a clip of something and I want you guys to, I want you to talk about this, obviously. Um, so let's go ahead and I'm going to share my screen here for a second. So grab yourself something to uh Grab yourself something to drink here for a second, and I'm going to share my you screen. Don't ask me twice. What was that? You don't have to ask me twice. Okay, here we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I just want you to watch this for a second. This is something that Lauren is up to that I'm a I've been invited to participate in as well. So I'm going to show you guys just a little bit of this, and uh, here we go. What is important, what matters the most, is that we met because now we're friends. You are amongst friends, you're amongst people who are here to celebrate you, to celebrate what you stand for, what you stood for yesterday, and what you will stand for tomorrow, because we believe in everything that's in front of us, because that's all that matters. Don't let your past define you, let it refine you. We have a choice, this was, there's a lot of thought that went into this for y'all to be here. And there's those moments in life when you're handed a choice and an opportunity. I want you to think about that for just a second. We are all here on this planet at this time to choose for ourselves. So Mr. Lauren, talk to us about this, uh, this particular experience right here, man. What's going on here? This is the power we talk to us about that because that's so beautiful and uh i just i just want you to talk it up how did this come to be and sure. uh yeah take it away i'm so excited i love the power we symposium it's a day it's one day it's on a thursday every time we do it um but it's 
purposely placed there because the people that come and participate, we fellowship with each other the whole weekend after we're done with the kids. But this day is designed to take kids, um, um, all kids, not just inner city African-American kids, but brown kids, white kids, yellow kids, any kid, uh, special needs, because all kids are special and all kids have needs. And so what we do is we make it about them. What you saw those kids coming up that red carpet one by one, what have what you didn't see when they were out on the street, we all and you'll participate in the red carpet ceremony. When the buses show up with the kids in them, I choose venues, not a Marriott courtyard or anything like that, but opulent places. So it must be like a mansion or in in, in uh, Atlanta it was the Biltmore Ballrooms, but they have wrought iron gates. They must have that because I took a page from the Willy Wonka playbook, one of my favorite movies as a kid that made me believe beyond the world I lived in. And um, I'll never forget how Willy Wonka came down that carpet and then like he was crippled and then he fell and bounced up. And it was like, yay, let's go, let's go, let's go inside. And I still, I have a, a golden ticket up on the wall in there. I've got movie posters. It's still, does for me today what it did when I was just a little kid. And so we, they watch us, the buses pull up, we're walking the red carpet, step and repeat, um, paparazzi cameras and stuff. And they're locked out, but they're watching us lining up to come in. And so we go in and come out, come around. They don't <laughs> it come around and it come up right behind them. And so I've stood right behind kids. What are you looking at? And they're like, bunch of celebrities. Da, da, da. We're going in here in a little bit when they open and let us in. And then they turn around and they see us. And we're like, they're like, well, what are you doing? What? We just, yeah, that's right. We went in, we came out. We're out here with you because we are, we're, this is how it is. So listen, we get it. We understand what you think you saw. But listen, everybody here today is here to celebrate you. The gate is opening now and we line that red carpet and we celebrate those kids and they walk up and they do their thing because we want them to know it's okay to come in as a stargazer, but it's going to be even better when you walk out a trailblazer. And that's what happens when we pour into each other. So I'm just going to say in the power week is a special anybody. If anybody is watching, I don't know who's out there watching, but if anyone is watching has been to the power week, put it in the comments because it, everyone says that it is just something unlike anything they've ever experienced. And they know, and no two are the same. So it's an anointed experience. And again, it is to give kids um, the same thing that somebody gave all of us. We all can point to that one person who, who, who stepped and crossed our path and it said that one thing that made you go, and you know, you mind your bit. You, what you learn? And then you can it really be? I wonder what he said or what she said. I wonder if they meant that. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's all it took. The seed had been cast, and all those things that we thought were horrible things for us were actually the best miracle grow fertilizer you could ever find because i tell you what one day when you stand like i feel i do every day and i look out this isn't a, a magazine this is an orchard this is a, this is a, a vineyard because when people pick it up and get fed from the stuff that we're doing in it one day you're going to get to stand somewhere you're going to say wow look at the grapes over there 
those are the juiciest, plumpest peaches ever. Wow, look at the size of that tomato. Just like the kids did when they went inside Willy Walker's factory. And everything was edible. And you're going to say, who grew all this? And they're going to look at you and they're going to say, you did. These belong to you. This is your bounty. This is your harvest. Because you planted every one of these seeds and you pulled all of the weeds that tried to choke what you're looking at out. And that's well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. And um, that's what it's about. So, you know, um, the power of we is to get this kind of stuff inside these kids, our swag bags. Uh, and if anybody has anything they want to donate to the swag bags, get at me. Uh, 250 of them we have to fill up and they don't know to look alike because, you know, it could be a, a note of encouragement. It could be a book that you've written that has a great message. Um, it could be a bag of candy, you know, anything a kid would like. We want things that the kids, because they walk around trading for what they know. You know, I want this. <laughs> right. And I was of like, course, of course. Right. So I learned that the first year. But we try to put things in the swag bags that will be there when no one else is. Mm. Message that can remind them, even if they pick it up. You know, it doesn't have to be expensive stuff. I know when I moved out of my first, um, I moved into my first apartment. Uh, after parole and all that stuff and living in the shelter, which is where I was when my birth mother died. Um, I was on my way back to the shelter when they called and said, come back. She just left. She's gone. And that was the end of that section of my life. The day she left was the day this began. So I just know what I know. And so um, it's, it's, it's the kind of thing where you know, you're going to find out firsthand, Christopher. And I just want to say this about you. Um, I'm excited you know, beyond excited. Well, and I'm just want to say this because you're, you're, it's your show and people are watching you. And I want you to know, you know, I'm very uh, particular about who gets in there, uh, to, who I entrust to be close to these kids and stuff. And I really didn't know you that well. I think, I don't, I think we, but it was so instantaneous. And I was told, just like I was told when those when I was chosen for the people that have helped do the first two, pull off the first two power, we suppose, and they were chosen for us. Um, that's what happened. I heard the same voice. I heard the same thing that said, this guy, get him there. He is a part of this. And I didn't even budge. I didn't question it. I didn't, I didn't ponder it. I just came right at you and said, you know, right. And people see and they look in there, you and Wally Green are the only people that are brand new that have never been a part of this. And I'm just so grateful because, I, you know, I don't know. I know one thing. One, None of us will ever, most likely, never open up the doorbell ring first thing in the morning. You open up and there's a lot of people waiting to tell you good things about yourself. You know, so when, when I get the opportunity to bring someone into the inner circle of the Power We Symposium, it's not because we we are the same garment from the same factory. It's because we have matching swatches of fabric that prove that we were cut from the same boat of cloth. And that, that is what purpose is all about. I live for it. I live for it. So brother, I'm just, I'm really grateful that you, you said immediately I'm there and um, you're going to be our, uh, um, well, we can't say what you're going to be. <laughs> well, because you know why. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah but, let's just say but, I'll I'll be there and I'll be square. Yes, and he, he will be in front of the audience the entire day 
So um, looking forward to it. And we really hope that if anybody, if you have a story, you were a kid and you came through stuff and you are someplace else, someone else today, because of it, you are better and you want to, you know, I'm telling you, we sit there, we're knee to knee, heart to heart, eye to eye, elbow to elbow, and it's adult, child, adult, child, adult, child. And you would be shocked at how much you have in common to the left and to the right mm -hmm. um, when you have, you know, when it's been set up for it to be that way. So we want these kids to leave there with something when they're at the end of, I want them to leave with the same thing I want. And I want, I want just like that back there, just like all the other things, you know, um, little things one day, I'll look at it and I'll see that this is your life moment and that everything that gives you, that provides a fond memory, things that the first, anything that's the first, we remember our first, um, it's hallowed space. And, and, and these things happen so that you understand just how important it is what you've come here to do and, 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 and don't miss any of what you've really done. Mm -hmm. because, you know, they don't expect the world to get it. You know, some people's legacies, Martin Luther King didn't see any of his stuff come to pass. And he even said it. I may not get there with you. Yeah, so you have to. I call that the Johnny Appleseed mentality. You just have to cast the seeds. And, 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 and you know, that's why, you know, the um, oh, the road to hell is filled with good intentions. I never could figure that out. But now I know what it is. This yeah. good intentions. This is the intention. Pulling the arrow back in the bow but never releasing it. Mm -hmm. That that road to hell are the corpses of the people in this position, not the people who let the arrow fly. A lot of us won't do that because we're waiting for the perfect target. No, just let it go. The truth will always hit its mark, always. It is the only thing in this universe that does not change, and it is the only thing that will not change on you. So keep that in mind, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just really grateful, really grateful. You're a beautiful human, Mr. Lauren Michaels Harris. Thank you so much, man. I'm a, it's an honor for me to be there with you. It's an honor to have this conversation with you. I appreciate everything you shared. Obviously, uh, Patricia's here, a big fan. She says, you are a Lotus. Absolutely appreciate it. Um, uh, Ellie says here, it sounds awesome. It is, um, you guys. She's like, uh, why wasn't this around when I was a kid? Learning as an adult is so friggin' hard. Absolutely. Uh, Monique is in the house. What's up, Monique? Kick-ass Monique. She says, Christopher Roush is the most amazing man ever. So positive and speaks the yeah, truth. I'll Monique, you're a sweetheart. I love you. Thank you, Monique. Monique and her mom watch the show and tune in here. So uh, I know Linda's around here somewhere. Thank you, Linda, for being here. Uh, Patricia says here, we are one breath, one humanity, and I love, love, love Christopher and will absolutely help. I have known Christopher over a decade. She has. I'll tell you the story about the Believe uh, on, my, on my wrist when I see okay. you. Um, Patricia says, send me his email. I will donate a unique print. Uh, you, that's, that is massive. Uh, she is amazing. I want to capture this comment right here for the people who are listening on the podcast. Uh, Jamie Lane says here, oh. I am encouraging all to donate miniature Bibles, books, keychains, inspirational bracelets, and even granola bars. Please donate as much as you're able. We don't need, we don't need 250 of the same thing. If you can do 10 things, do it. Uh, I will post the address to send the donation. So thank Jamie, you, thank Jamie. you. Yes. And we've got the, we've got the, we've got the address right here for you guys. For those listening on the podcast, uh, the address is one six, nine, five Smoky court. 
Naperville, Illinois, 60563. Uh, again, 1695 Smoky Court, Naperville, Illinois, 60563. Please, please, ladies and gentlemen, if there's any, well, I'll just, I'll talk about this in the, in the closing thing. I'll, I'll make my plea right there. But uh, where can people get a hold of you, Lauren? And uh, aside from here and continue the conversation with you because you've inspired sure. so many people tonight. Oh, absolutely. Um, LaurenMichaelsHarris.com uh, is a great place. Um, Facebook. Uh, any of that and just private message me. I love new, I love, I love meeting people that come through people that I love. So that, that you're already, you know, um, welcome and you're going to be there and we want you guys to come. It's nothing like being there seriously. Mm -hmm. And just, Oh, the manner in which we bless is the manner in which we will be blessed. So keep that in mind. And we would love to have you there and you get to see Christopher all day. So yeah, let's do it. Let's right? do it. Lauren, I love you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being the person that you are, the soul that you are. I can't wait to meet you in person. I'm going to place you backstage here for a second. And we're going to continue to, to keep this up here. Don't go anywhere, brother. I'll be right there with you. So there we have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. There is another episode of the Unfiltered Experience. Again, we're sorry Scott wasn't here to be able to join us. So we love you, Scott. We miss you. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, well, here's what I want to say. For, and I know you guys have followed me both on the Raw and Scripted show and here on the Unfiltered Experience. And you guys have seen my walk and talk videos. Here's my request of you. If I have in, in, in inspired you in any way, shape or form, uh, caused you to think differently about your past, present or your future, have been any part instrumental wise of you gaining a foothold on your perspectives and your growth and, and just living your congruent life, please consider donating to this. Please consider, you know, co contributing to the, to the, the swag bags, contribute to whatever it is that you possibly can to help make this event for the kids that much more special. I mean, obviously thinking about the times that we're living in at the time of this taping for point of perspective, we've been going through COVID. We've had all sorts of different things going on in the world. There's a lot of shifts. There's a lot of negativity and what there is a lot of, most of all is there's a lot of hurt people and together, together, the power of we, the togetherness, we can actually affect change one person at a time, 10 people at a time, hundred people at a time, we, you and I, when we take our healing and we turn around and we give that to other people and we pour into other people like has have been poured into us, that's what makes this world a kick-ass place. For me, if it wasn't for Bill White, I have no idea where I would be. I don't know if I'd be in a pine box. I don't know if I'd be in jail. I don't know if I would still be successful. But that man poured into me and believed in me when I was a 17-year-old, seventh grade dropout who had been living in the backseat of a station wagon. Ben, you know, two two suicide attempts, uh, had a gun put to my head. A guy thought I was racist, which was the furthest thing from fucking truth, to be the person I am today. And you all have had experiences as well. So it's our time now not to be selfish and greedy and think that we need a house with 18 fucking bathrooms. Now is the time that we pour into our younger generation and we help them process through these moments. And together we can do that. So whether it's the power we symposium, whatever it is for you, whatever it is that lights you up in life that you can make a difference, please, please go do that. Go do that. Stop with watching the news. Stop with following politics. Stop with all the, eh, 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 you know, me, we, we, I, all this other shit. And I know you guys aren't that type of people because you follow the show and you guys are amazing people. But again, please do what you can do for this. The uh, Reach out to me if there's anything that you would like to provide or anything. Um, questions I can answer for you guys. Because again, I'm going to be there. I am blessed to be there. Uh, I am totally, totally uh, excited about this. Uh, April 28th, I will give more information. You guys will see this on my uh, Instagram and my uh, Facebook as well. So again, I uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, let me just grab a couple of these comments before we um, so before we close out. Uh, Ellie says, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you, Ellie. I know it's over there in the UK. You guys are nine hours ahead of time, so I know it's in the middle of the night. So thank you, Andrew. What's up, man? Andrew Rimkus is here. He says, have a great weekend, guys. Thank you, Andrew, for spending your time with here. I appreciate you, brother. Uh, you and I have just recently connected, so thank you for being here. Uh, Robert in the house. Sorry, Robert, I haven't been able to get to your comments. 
comments, but man, I always appreciate you being here. Uh, here you say, I see things coming together, but there are two circles that need to blend. It has just begun, but may not happen. Well, the only way it won't happen is if we give up. And uh, together, Lauren and I and the rest of the gang, especially in this endeavor or my endeavor with Help Heal Humanity, you guys know I'm involved with that. Um, everything is just about taking our trash and making it our treasure and being able to impact mostly the youth. I mean, you guys know I have a five-year-old son. I'm passionate about leaving this world in a much better place than it was when I got here. So I encourage you guys to do that as well. Monique says here, love this. The positive vibe is so dope. Well, thank you, Monique. The best thing you could do for me is you can go out and pay it forward. Go out there and make your, your network, your area dope uh, and have people watch this show on the replay. You guys can find it on YouTube and Facebook and everywhere else. Um, so yes, Ellie Lawton says here, I'll be over on the next plane. Appreciate you, girl. I couldn't, I can't wait to meet you. Um, Lauren says here, thank you everyone for sharing. He's backstage typing. That's funny. Uh, Monique says you have inspired me in so many ways. Well, Monique, thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate you, darling. Uh, you're an amazing soul. And, uh, she says, say that again, Christopher. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to say again, but, uh, you rock sister. Um, uh, Ellie says here, you inspire me and keep me on my toes. Love it. Love it. Love it. Patricia love. Thank you, Patricia. I love you. Uh, still got to connect by the way. And Andrew says, you're finally never give up. So that's our intention every week with here with the unfiltered experience. Go check us out at www.theunfilteredexperience.com. Follow us on Facebook and join the conversation, the unfiltered crew. And uh, please join us here again next week, Friday, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, your place for unfiltered experiences and unfiltered conversations. I'm Christopher Roush. And on behalf of Scott Goya and myself, we love you. Stay classy. And we'll see you next time on the unfiltered experience.